Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, we're expecting for uh, Brother Clyde Merriweather to call in. He had an outstanding piece in the Seattle Medium on September 23rd, calling out the disparities that continue at the Seattle School District. And while we're waiting for him, I just want to congratulate quite a few people in our community uh, who have received uh, the grace from the mayor to uh, uh, acquire some property that's been in the black community for quite a while. And uh, that would be uh, Bird Bar Place. Uh, they will be getting the old camp firehouse uh, as a nonprofit. Uh, the Central Area Senior Center, uh, they're in the process of transferring ownership. Uh, maybe they can have events after nine o'clock now. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> but uh, also the Africa Town Land Trust has also been granted property. Uh, I guess going to be a 99-year lease. But it's good to see that. Uh, and, you know, it's, I guess, better later than never. But uh, that firehouse was named for Bishop John Hurst Adams back in the day. He was a civil rights uh, leader back when uh, it was really... Uh, uh, it was hard to be without having your life threatened. So hopefully uh, the folks at Bar Bird Bar Place will continue and and uh, the distinguished uh, Bishop John Hurst Adams, who was a former pastor of CL First AME. And uh, the Century Senior Center, they've been there since 1972. So uh, with the land trust, and I'm also hoping that uh, uh, Derek... Uh, Wheeler Smith and uh, Dominique uh, Davis can get their project underway too. And we'll be hearing a little later in the program from Shade Moore, who is uh, not only the chair of the Seattle King uh, County Martin Luther King Jr. Organizing Coalition, but she's also chair uh, uh, secretary for this Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, which uh, the title has been the process of being transferred on that building to the board of directors uh, for that, uh, and that will be known as the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. Uh, many people remember SOIC when there was a commitment made to the black community uh, through the efforts of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, uh, John Lewis, Coretta Scott King, uh, uh, I don't want to leave anybody out, Ida B. Wells, and it went on and on and on. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's... Uh, one of those things where, you know, you get up for a minute and then all of a sudden you're going, and you know, Eric, my phone is messed up. I can't see if Clyde is on the line or not. So, but, uh, uh, oh, Clyde, we got Clyde. Okay. Uh, welcome, Clyde Merriweather. I was just talking about your column uh, in the Seattle Medium, September 23rd, and you have highlighted a, a further discrepancies uh, in the Seattle School District under the leadership of uh, Superintendent Denise uh, uh, Juno. So if you could share with our listeners uh, the, uh, some of the highlights in your article that you have in the Seattle Media. Well, and thank actually, you for being here. Yeah, um, article is pretty straightforward. I've been uh, digging into the overall hiring practices and of the administration all the way down through a uh, custodial department of the uh, Seattle School District and uh, have found a consistent pattern of, of exclusion for African-American, specifically African-American males, and um, started doing these articles. And the more I got involved in them, the more I started getting stories from multiple disciplines telling me that they'd been through the same experience. So just decided to start writing articles expressing um, 
what's been happening by discipline. I, I did that on custodial. I'm working on one now for principals. But basically, it, it just deals with the fact that we are being excluded from uh, management. We're being excluded from principals. We're being excluded from supervisors. We're, we're just being excluded across the board. And since Juno has been in town, it's just been getting worse. So I'm just trying to uh, poke the bear and get the community involved, understanding that it needs to be active in in trying to promote its own interests since the school district doesn't seem to be doing so. Now, we do have one African-American on the school board, but I also want to know, have you heard from the chair of the school, Seattle School Board about any of, because quite a few folks have raised concerns about this, the NAACP. I know Rita Green has submitted a list that went to everybody in the, in the, in the black press and the white press and other press, uh, 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 press uh, folks of color, and I haven't heard anything back. Have you heard anything from the Seattle School Board? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, starting to get some pretty good vibrations. Uh, yeah, we have one African-American that is on the board, young brother, uh, who I've been talking with. But apparently, um, my articles have been getting through to the school board, and I know of three, that, three right now that are actively looking into what can they do about the problem. So I think they're starting to address it, but I'm going to keep pushing until something actually gets addressed. Could, could you share with our listeners, the ones that haven't, didn't get an opportunity to see the uh, first few articles you did in the Seattle media, could you just go down and uh, summarize uh, the, the articles that you've had published in the medium so far? <laughs> that would be a little difficult. Um, basically, I, I've, I've questioned um, how um, there were seven uh, high-level administrators in the school district that were African-American, and now we have none. Uh, I've questioned the demotions of, of people um, leveraged out, positioned out, forced out, transferred out, uh, and one in litigation still because of uh, issues that I won't get too deep into. Um, I've, I've questioned, uh, I've just questioned the entire experience, man. It's, it's kind of hard to uh, synopsize. Um, Basically, it just deals with uh, the exclusion of the African-American community and, and, and staffing specifically that, uh, you know, just not being in the game, uh, nepotism, cronyism, uh, issues of, of who gets the appointments transferred in from other locations and people that have uh, been at the district for 30 years and still can't get an advancement and just on down the line. It's, uh, it's almost too broad to just talk about so like I said I've just started writing different articles about different areas and and hope to keep doing that until I start to see some changes in the district and we want to make sure that uh, we, you have this uh, platform whenever you need it because we know you're you're fighting for the rights of, of black folks in the district and it's unfortunate I've just never in my life heard such a quiet school board and I guess is that uh, black folks don't constitute the same threat or don't have the same value. Uh, I'm trying to get a grip on it myself. And uh, I'm really hoping that the NAACP facilitates this uh, uh, meeting uh, with the school board specifically on our issues and not on anybody else's issues. Because as you indicated already, it's been blacks who have been kicked out, especially black males, out of leadership positions. And the thing about it is that you get rid of uh, your chief academic officer, a black male, he ends up being the superintendent of Tuckwillow Schools. Uh, you mistreat uh, 
Ted Howard, who's on a stellar job at Garfield, didn't ask him to stay. He's the chief academic officer in Tuckwiller. And then, you know, uh, I still can't get a Did you ever find out why she fired the black females uh, principal of Leshy Elementary School uh, while the schools were closed on April 28th and 29th? That's the article I'm working on right now. I'm going to go through the whole analysis of uh, what the position was, how it turned into what it was, how she got the position, and then how she got displaced from the position. So that's the one I'm writing on right now. Um, bottom line is, gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is, is the fact that uh, the minority community, the, particularly the black community, and even more specifically the African male uh, population are being systemically uh, displaced. And if we don't sit back and do something about it, our kids will never even see somebody in management in which to emulate. I'm looking for, I'm looking for uh, um, some role models for my, for my kids to, to be able to see that there are people in those positions. And, you know, I'm, I'm pushing for getting minority uh, principals into white schools. You want to make some change, then don't just try to find a black to put into the minority community. Let's start to spread that out and get this community um, aware of, of uh, our culture and what we do and the fact that we are competent and capable of doing those same jobs, just excluded. You know, uh, Clyde Hingry, uh, have you done anything about contracting? What's going on with contracting? John Yashitaki used to be the compliance, contract compliance officer. Have they issued any contracts to black firms? I have not even looked into that area yet. That's just another direction to go. Uh, let me plant that seed. That's very important. Totally. Hey, well, that's also something that the Civil Rights Coalition needs to request, too. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, we, Clyde is doing a fan stellar job, but we got to help him. Yes. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm also, I'm also uh, a shout out to all of Esquires. You talk about some black male role models, you know, and I, that's other travesty, uh, Mr. Merriweather. I understand that uh, they have a, 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 a black male. Uh, program and there's not a black male leading this program. Black well, male achievement. Yeah, right now it's an African American female and she's doing a stellar job. I want to make sure that I, I make the point. I'm I am not in any way going after females or, or or women in these positions. I'm not saying anything about their competence. I'm simply pointing out the fact that black males are being excluded. They they've sent in resumes and and the people that are getting selected, like I said, are inside female family, connected, social groups, and, and actually at this point in time, even even who's going to be a custodial head of, of, of a school right now, they've, they've shifted that to um, uh, to the schools being able to select for themselves. And, and there doesn't appear to be a, a mandate for those people to deal with uh, ethnic issues whatsoever. They just pick their friends. As long as they're picking their friends and, and their connections, we're going to continue to be excluded. Right. Would you give our uh, listeners uh, some kind of idea of what can they do to be proactive? We know they're not going to be in person meetings. A lot of folks have telephones. They have computers. What can our folks do to put some pressure on the school district, including the school board, for justice for black folks? Well, my first challenge has been to get um, those who have been inside the system to actually step up and be counted. I understand that they can't because, uh, to a certain extent, that's their jobs that are on the line. The reason I'm able to speak is because I'm outside the system altogether. I'm, I'm a product of it, but, but I'm not living in the neighborhood. I don't have any kids there, et cetera. So I can actually go out and tell their stories. 
but I can't tell the stories with them stepping up. They're not going to step up until the community itself decides to come up with a voice. Because once the black community itself starts demanding its rights, there will be room. But uh, like I said, just asking people to step up and put their name on the b- bottom line has, has, has had its own problems. But I will say I'm getting a lot of contacts and a lot of calls, but I'm just having to write it up in such a way as to, to not expose anybody. So, yeah, uh, what can the community do? Start complaining, start calling the school board, start, start sending in some emails, start making its own demands. And if they hear that somebody's having a problem, get behind them and, and, and force the issue so that it gets actually discussed, not just pushed in the background. And by the way, thanks for the, uh, the statement on Esquire Club. Always good to hear that. Well, it's, it's, you guys do good work. So, And I also know that, uh, I think that Erwin Chappelle and those guys have the 100 black men. I know that they showed up uh, at the beginning of school. I saw a big article in the paper. I guess that was last year. But right now, with nobody in school, I guess we got to focus on trying to figure out how we can make sure that uh, our students are up to par in terms of technology because this distant learning is going to be going on for a while, I do believe. So do uh, you have any recommendations for social organizations, fraternities, and sororities on how they can assist these students, especially our students who are not doing well with uh, the uh, distant learning? Yeah, I, I, want, I want to put in another note, too. It's like I'm also dealing with Native Americans, and, and they've got their list of complaints. They've actually said that they uh, will sit back and let us fight this fight because it's their fight, too. But I've got an issue as it relates to counseling in the school district and, and how minority kids are being directed to uh, technical or, 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 you know, not intellectual pursuits, but, you know, go get yourself a trade. It's just like they're not promoting them to, to move up into higher positions, but to settle for what they feel those positions are, are they can, can attain. And it's like, anyway, that's another fight for another time. Okay, well, I'm glad that you're leading the fight, brother. We appreciate it. Eric, did uh, Shadi come on yet? Okay. So, uh, well, Clyde, we really want to thank you for all that you've been doing. And uh, uh, we want to say, keep you on the air so we can let our people know what's going on. I think it's very important for the accurate and correct information to get out here. So thank you very much for your time today, brother. I appreciate it, and uh, happy birthday, Haywood. Hey, thank you, brother. <laughs> and happy, happy birthday to you, too, a couple of days ago. Hey, man, that's I'm right. About it. <laughs> All right, you guys, take care. Okay, okay, September rights. Okay, uh, yeah, so we're waiting on uh, Sade Moore. Uh, our guest at 2.30 is going to be uh, the president of the National Urban League, Mark Moriel, and we'll also have uh, Reverend Ricky Willison, who's been doing an outstanding job uh, with this pre-apprenticeship boot camp program going that's going on but while we're uh, in uh, wait, waiting for Sade we hope she makes it uh, Urban Forum Northwest is uh, supported by uh, Sound Transit's uh, Labor Relations and Civil Rights Office uh, the Port of Seattle's uh, uh, Diversity Contracting Office uh, Dave Pukahara out of Concourse Concessions out of SeaTac. they're waiting for business to pick up uh, Jerry Whitson and Rod O'Neill with SeaTac Bar Group LLC they have the after lounge in the mountain room bar and the after lounge is serving uh, uh, Congolese food. And we have the city of Seattle's personal construction services office with uh, uh, Liz Alzier. And uh, Stephanie Oba does our, our website and also our technology. 
So Eric said, we're going to take a break and we will sit and catch up with Sade. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, whatever's an Eddie Ride, we're back with our with our leader, none other than Sade Moore, who is uh, the chair of the Seattle, and I put the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Jr. Organizing Coalition, and she is the secretary of uh, the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, which is the building on 22nd and Jackson, and this goes right along with what's happening in the city throughout the mayor announced that uh, the Africatown Land Trust would be getting the fire station at 23rd and Yester. Uh, the, uh, uh, we had uh, uh, the Central's, uh, Central Seattle, well, actually the Central Area Senior Center is in, in, in transition transfer of that property. And uh, we're gonna be having a title transfer for the old SOIC, SVI, the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, officially known as the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority. So, Shadi, thank you very much for your time today and your service to the people. So, why don't you give us an update on, will there be a Martin Luther King march? Uh, people are asking me, and I tell them as soon as I find out, I'll let you know, and you can mm-hmm. let them know. But thanks for your time and your service to the community. Absolutely. So, uh, planning for our 39th annual march and rally for the Seattle King County celebration for Dr. King um, is still on. Um, most of all of our events, um, especially our workshops, will be virtual this year uh, due to the uh, pandemic. We will still be having a march and rally. Our rally will be um, outside, outdoors. Um, we are still developing and planning our logistics for that. Um, and we still will be having our march. Um, so information can be found on our website, seattlemlkcoalition.org. 
Um, again, we're still in the planning phase. Uh, we are still trying to curate our plan um, for our opportunity fair, uh, which we are looking forward to um, kind of just working with our local community to ensure that that event still happens this year, even with the pandemic. Um, we have a lot of young um, and exciting volunteers that have joined us uh, this year. Um, last meeting, we had almost, I want to say, 35 folks that came on to our Zoom meeting, which was excellent. Um, this is also the first year that we have been able to announce that we have hired two young interns, two black interns. Um, we have Alexis and Aaliyah. Um, one is, I believe, out of uh, Brenton Public Schools and the other is out of Kent. Um, and both women are do young women are doing some great things in their local community. Um, so their information can also be found on our website. Um, so that's what's happening with uh, the Seattle Martin Luther King Jr. Sorry, the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Jr. Organizing Coalition. Um, our next meeting is going to be on Tuesday, October 6th from 6 to 8.30. I'm sorry, 6.30 to 8. And that information for the Zoom can also be found on our website. Um, and again, with the CDCPDA, a lot of exciting things coming out from that. Um, we have a special meeting, which we are asking for the community to join um, on also Tuesday, October 6th. Uh, from 6 to 830 um, and I mean there's going to be a lot of good announcements coming um, we have uh, selected a interim uh, executive director um, which the community will learn more about um, we just we have a lot of things on the agenda which you can see on our website and it's the McKinney coalition website um, we're just excited to collaborate with our community um, and again, the community partnerships is um, highly essential to the development uh, of the programs uh, for the facility. Um, again, title transfer is in the works right now. Um, we have an excellent board with a lot of expertise uh, from individuals that have been born and raised in the Central District, um, that have black businesses, that have worked for various uh, te technical institutes, um, with just a lot of expertise um, to, again, piece together um, our plan for uh, working with not only um, the McKinney uh, Coalition members, but also just our local community representatives. Okay. Uh, so now in terms of uh, the facility itself, we know there has to be some repairs and stuff done. Is there any... Yes. Uh, any uh, uh, and I'm, I'm really hoping that I'm going to be very public about this, but I'm really hoping that before any decisions are made about doing anything, that McFarland Group, uh, the largest black developer in the country, who is a billionaire, who developed a 26-story building in Los Angeles and also had a building down in South Lake Union, has an office here and in San Francisco. But uh, mm -hmm. he had met with us uh, early on and was very interested in uh, being a supporter and mm -hmm. uh, he has a development team right in town. So I really hope that the information that Hayward forwarded to the board, that they really do take that into consideration. Absolutely. And right now, our vice president, Gerald Bradford, is is uh, kind of owning up facilities. And there has been a lot of discussions in the background. There has been meetings on site to talk about the roofing, to talk about um, just, you know, what we're doing as far as developing in the classrooms right now. Um, to talk about security, to talk about uh, our communications, 
Um, there's just so much, the parking lot, there's so much going on. Um, so definitely with the information that was shared from yourself and Hayward, uh, will be utilized again for just the facilities planning all together. And again, another exciting thing is, uh, we are working again to make our round to make sure that the McKinney Coalition, who is our community sponsor, is 100% looped in to the planning for the programs and the facilities that you guys have already been prehistorically been doing prior to the induction of the board. So the work that you guys have been doing is highly um, appreciated and will definitely be needed and utilized for the continual planning of the facility. See if Hayward has a question. Uh, Dr. Moore, you know, you know, I got to call you doctor. <laughs> I know you're working. Now, doc, Dr. Moore, is, has anything been stated about next year and what's going to uh, happen with the legislature? I know that we're going to need some monies for capital improvements. Is anything being put on the table regarding the 2021 20, uh, legislative session? There has been some discussions. Um, our second, or I'm sorry, our treasurer is John Yaksitaki, um, who, again, who's been working with. Uh, we lose Shadi. I'm still here. Can you guys hear me? Yes. My internet bell. No, we can I'm hear you. Here. I'm still here. Oh, okay, can go ahead. Okay. Yeah, no, okay, I, was no, just, I, I was just saying that there has been some discussions in regards to that. Um, our treasurer, John Yasutaki, has been working on, again, our, our budgetary matters and just piecing together everything that's been happening prior to our induction. Um, I can't tell you too much about those conversations. Um, because that is being, again, led up by John and our president, which is uh, President Rayburn Lewis. I'm sorry, President Dr. Rayburn Lewis. So, um, but yes, the, the 2021 budgeting uh, matters with the legislators has been discussed. Um, we've also kind of been discussing as far as, like, where do we see ourselves in the next year? Um, we talked about, again, sponsors, donors, um, trying to work with the state, uh, to get, again, and the AG to classify exactly who we are. Um, because I, I think, again, coming from my background and working with Amazon, um, I definitely want to get some of that Amazon and that Microsoft and that Google money um, poured into this facility. And that is myself and, again, uh, Gerald's vision. And our, our, our goal is to make sure that, you know, again, we are working with, you know, some of these surrounding larger um, companies to, again, pour uh, – some of those that funding into the facility into the program. Well, Shadi, I just want to let you know that we have a group of uh, folks uh, who are in in the hierarchy of. Uh, I think I mentioned one to you. You whose did. Wife is, yeah. So we have that group too, and they're setting a meeting up for me to come and talk to them about mm -hmm. actually setting the program up in the facility. And they say the four to six weeks with the training, they can have people going to the tech companies. Listen, and these are, Eddie. You have been so essential in the planning, you and Hayward, of everything with the programs, the walkthroughs, and getting all these sponsors that, I mean, I can 1,000% guarantee you that both of you gentlemen are going to be on the programs and partnerships uh, committee, for sure, at the table, and making sure that this stuff gets done, because that's exactly what we need, and that's exactly what we want. You, well, guys, we have already done, we you make... guys have already did all the, all the legwork. So this, again, is just bringing more you know more folks to the table to be a part of these discussions to make sure we have the right programs for our community inside of the facility right we want to make sure that our community is well served and that they're not misled 
by folks with, with, with wrong intentions. So, uh, no, we've been lining this up for like, quite a while. And you've been on the ground in Olympia, so you, Bobby, Bobby Alexander, uh, Attorney yeah. Ken Burton, uh, Reverend Willis, and all of us. And that's what's so mm -hmm. take again, because last, last session we had an uphill battle getting the money. I think now with the board in place, with the clear vision, I think we can do a lot better, but it's we're going to have to show up in Olympia again. We're going to have to yeah. show up at the county. We've got to show up at the city. And uh, we've also got a work relationship with Sound Transit, with the port, with various uh, departments in the city, including the fire department. And we also have relationships with the Office of Women Minority Business Enterprise, Department of Transportation. So we are I guess, set up so that when people walk in for assistance, they can be face to face with somebody uh, from Olympia, who represents OMWB without driving Olympia. So we're going to make Agreed. it real easy for everyone. I'm just, listen, I'm looking forward to getting out there, again, working with the community. Um, okay. Shade, uh, there's there's just so much Shade. excitement coming from this project. Shadi, I want you to hold on for one second. I want you to meet this next gentleman. Uh, Eric, would you please put the president and CEO of the National Urban League, Mark Moriel, on? I'm here. Hey, uh, President C.O. Mario, Eddie Rye, and Eddie, how you doing? Great Evans. to be with you. Yeah, I'm glad you had that. I can finally catch up with you, my brother. I appreciate all the work you're doing. I reach in the meet, see our medium all the time. You're a syndicated columnist. Thank you. I just wanted you to take, I just want this young lady, she's a young lady, a senior manager at Amazon. She's a secretary of the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, and she's a chair of the C.L. King County. Martin Luther King Jr. Organizer Coalition. Her name is Shadé Moore, and I just want you to know who this sister is—a young sister, uh, President Morial. Listen, I'm just—I I am just a servant, and God placed me on this earth to make sure that I give back to the community. So that's exactly what I'm doing. Okay, Shadé. Let me say this: servants are leaders, and leaders are servants. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate what you're doing to both serve and to lead. Uh, Same great to, you, to sir. Uh, hear your voice and meet you, meet you by radio. All right. Yes, and if, 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 if times were better, it would have been great to meet you in person as well. Well, we will. See we'll you make that happen. That'll happen Seattle. eventually. Absolutely. Okay, Shadi. Thank you very much. So we're going to go to the Thank you, gentlemen, for having board. me. And again, just please don't forget special meeting next Tuesday, October sixth, for the CDCPDA. Information can be found on the McKinney Coalition website. You can get the Zoom information. The meeting is from 6 to 7.30. And then for the Seattle Martin Luther King Jr. Organizing Coalition, we have a Zoom meeting the same day. That is from 6.30 to 8. And you can find that information on seattlemlkcoalition.org. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, okay, President Moore, you see we have some busy young folks in, in Martin Luther King Jr. County. Servants and people working to build a community are really powerful to know. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I read your last column on uh, this, this whole uh, pandemic. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, I hate to talk about 45. But, but why, why don't we, you just you go know, ahead right, and, and, and let my... talk about 45, but 45 has politicized. Again, he's touched something and made it worse. He's politicized. The process of trying to find a vaccine or a medicine uh, to help us get out of COVID. He, he's 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 shattered, uh, or he's shaken, I should say, public confidence in the process by saying he's going to put his finger on the scale, he's going to overrule, he's going to intervene. I mean, some of this stuff is just beyond.
beyond uh, 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 what anybody thoughtful, reasonable, or intelligent would do. And, uh, you know, we just talked about, I just want to also uh, compliment your leaders that you have out here, Twina Nobles, presidency of the Tacoma who is a candidate, just got endorsed by the Tacoma newspaper for a Senate seat against a Republican incumbent. And then in Seattle, we have the a dynamic Michelle Merriweather, who is your president and CEO here. So I, yeah, we were talking about. Thank you for mentioning them, Andrew. Let me, let me, let me, let me just uh, give them both shout outs to strong sisters, uh, to dynamic sisters, and of course, uh, uh, Twina doing her thing, uh, working to get elected. And you know, our prayers and thoughts are with her in her work and in her effort. And Michelle Merriweather is, you know, a product of the National Urbanly Young Professionals. Uh, and has really, really stepped in in Seattle, and they're both making a difference. And so, you know, when things get better, I'm going to be back out uh, in the Emerald City, uh, check you out and check them out and, and be a part, see what the community's up to all right now. You know, we're all limited in what we can do by way of travel, but we're all working virtually, and we're still, you know, we're still working. So I'm, you know, working on the census. Uh, I'm working on uh, on voting we have a lawsuit pending against the Postal Service and a lawsuit pending uh, against the Census Bureau. But in the Census Bureau lawsuit, we have an injunction uh, from the federal court in San Jose, California, a nationwide injunction. And uh, the uh, Census Bureau and the Department of Commerce have been defying the court's order. So the judge is going to hold a contempt hearing or a, a compel compliance hearing sometime in the next 48 hours uh, uh, as we continue to pursue. So we got to continue to do this work uh, in the streets, in the suites, in the courts, uh, wherever, whatever it takes. And the first thing we got to do is make sure we vote as soon as we get our ballot. Washington State have mail-in and uh, voting, and uh, there has been a, a, a minuscule, if there's been a problem, it's, it's been, uh, it hasn't been worth noting. So uh, let me say this to you. We you are absolutely right in my ballot, my family's ballot, me and my my wife and my son, my son's 18 voted for the first time. Our ballots came today and uh, we're going to very quickly uh, pull them together and fill them out. Uh, And my wife said, well, we need to go drop them off. I said, "Okay, let's figure this out. Uh, But I think everyone ought to have a voting plan. Eddie. we're saying have your own voting plan to do the vote the way that makes you feel safest, right, and makes you feel better. I know my mother in Louisiana, she early votes on the first day of early voting. I know some people who would prefer to go to the polling place, bring your mask, if necessary, bring your gloves, bring your plan. Uh, I, I still believe that with the, the injunction against the Postal Service that we hope to get, uh, that we're going to have, uh, we're going to be watching the Postal Service 24-7, uh, and we're not going to allow anyone to intimidate us from voting. And that sounds like a plan from uh, 45 to have uh, people uh, around. Well, and now you know, Eddie, let me tell you what it is. It's a psychological plan. It's, it's warfare, psychological warfare designed to intimidate and stoke fear in people. And I think we cannot be intimidated into, into, into someone who's running around making threats and trying to stoke confusion and stoke violence. Uh, I'm saying to everyone 
we are going to vote uh, and we're going to be determined like Harriet Tubman was determined. We're going to be uh, insistent the way Rosa Parks uh, was mm -hmm. insistent. Martin and John Lewis and Whitney Young mm -hmm. and others, they marched. If we got to march to the poll, we'll march to the poll. If we got to run, walk, crawl, bike, skate, get on a unicycle, we, we must vote. And we must vote and we must push against these barriers. It's that important. And as you indicated, we don't face near the threat that John Lewis, Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, and other folks who were out there when segregation was in your face and uh, Bull Connor and, and uh, Sheriff Clark, Jim Clark, and them guys were running around with their hoods on at night and the police uniforms on the daytime. So, you know, uh, if they could make that sacrifice, we cannot be intimidated. You're absolutely right. Let me say this. My, my father and mother were frontline civil rights uh, warriors in the 1950s, 60s, and certainly 70s. Uh, my mother tells a story in the book she wrote, Witness to Change, uh, about going to seek to register to vote and being asked uh, as, a, as a test, what color are your eyes? When she said her eyes are brown, they said, no, your eyes are black, you flunked the test. I mean, mm -hmm. there were, uh, recite the Constitution backwards. Uh, uh, recite the Bill of Rights. Uh, the, yeah. the, the absurdity that was used to prevent people from voting. And so now we have new methods of suppression uh, and dissuasion, and we got to stand up to this, Eddie. Uh, I tell you, we, we have to stand up to it and not be intimidated and not be compelled uh, to not vote. And we can't believe uh, our vote does not count. Look at Detroit, Michigan where just a handful of votes in Detroit could have turned the 16 election in another direction. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we've got to exercise that right. And I think that what I'd like to see uh, black media do is a playback uh, excerpts of all those marches and struggles and those tapes of folks walking across the Edmund Pettus Bridge to really remind us and those that wasn't around during that time, because it's been a few years, to let them know what we had to go through to just to get our rights. And that's what I think we have, because right now we're in serious jeopardy. We are, and you know, it's, uh, it's uh, the good news, I think, and I wouldn't say good news, what we have on our side, I think is a determined uh, new generation of activists, uh, young people and others who've added so much energy and lift uh, to the fight for justice in this country. And, and I love what the young people are doing. I love their spirit, their energy, their insistence. Uh, you know, young people like your daughter who've been, you know, out there working. They're strong. They're tough. Their voice is resolute. Uh, we, 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 we need that. This new generation uh, is, is a change agent generation. Uh, and we have to pull and push, and we need the energy of the young. We need the wisdom of the elders. We need every generation in this in this work and in this fight. I had to remind some people that uh, during the civil rights struggle, the people doing the sit-ins at the lunch counters, and I know this friend of mine, E.J. Briscoe, was a freshman at Morehouse. He and Julian Bond got attacked outside of uh, Lester Maddox's restaurant with white men with axe handles. And uh, I was see, I was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I, I was ten when I left. Ah. And my dad was a Pullman porter. 
So I, I know about getting off the sidewalk, the colored water fountain. So I know all about that. <laughs> so, so, and uh, some people want to take us back there. But before, I want to make sure my co-host is, have a question or a comment, Mark. Heywood Evans, Heywood, you online? Yeah, President Morial, first I want to thank you for, for being here on, on the show today. My question goes back to number 45, the president not condemning white supremacy. And then him making, even making gestures that he might not step down even if he loses the election. Have you heard anything and he's still about No, I, and you know, there's a side of me which says that 45 is shucking and bluffing and selling wolf tickets in an effort to destabilize things. Look, he said that he was going to, quote, bomb the, the, the daylights out of Kim Jong-un. It was all talk. It was all, it was all saber-rattling. And I think what he's trying to do is uh, intimidate people uh, into not voting, trying to create doubt so people won't participate, uh, try to suggest that he'll contest the election. Uh, it, 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 you know, we have got to, uh, yeah, and so I would not put it past him, but I do think there's an element of him, which is, you know, James Brown had that song. It said, you're talking loud and you're saying nothing. And I think there's an element around 45 that is about talking a big game and then not delivering a thing. And what about the Supreme Court, if in fact she gets through I'm before very, the election? I'm, I'm so di disappointed about the Supreme Court. May Ruth Bader Ginsburg rest in peace. But in, in essence, the Republicans are on the verge of hijacking a second seat on the Supreme Court. They hijacked the Scalia seat, which should have been President Obama's seat. Now they've reversed course in an act of hypocrisy after saying they wouldn't fill a seat in the year of an election. They've promptly moved as quickly as they can it is it's outrageous and and all i'll say to people is the constitution doesn't set a limit on the number of justices i heard it mm -hmm. we certainly hope that uh someone <laughs> exercise uh that right because uh now, now, would you reiterate that, Mark, so our listeners have the full understanding, clear understanding of what you said? You said the Constitution states what now? Doesn't set the number of seats on the Supreme Court. That's set by the Congress. Oh. And the tradition, the only reason why we have nine seats is we at one time had nine circuits, and they used to be a justice per circuit. Okay. Uh, okay. And the original court, I don't believe, was nine. And the Tenth Circuit was added. There was a once a small point, of time, point, point in history where there were ten justices on the court. So the court's been larger than nine. It's been smaller than nine. And just, well, I tell you what. So we need uh, to get back to Senate. Yeah. Uh, uh, President C.O. Morial, I know that we had a, a, a time limit. But I, I have uh, Reverend Lawrence Willis on the line, and he is uh, with this uh, Urban Lake of Metropolitan Seattle, and he's established a apprentice, pre-apprenticeship boot camp that's funded by the Port of Seattle that gets people to run and start, black folks to run and start to make sure they succeed in the apprenticeship program. And before you go, I just want you to say hi to, to Reverend Lawrence Ricky Willis with the Seattle Urban Lake. So Reverend Willis, hey, Reverend Lawrence, my pleasure, and thank you for your service to the Seattle Urban League. Bless you, bless you. 
Uh, I'm just excited about what's going on in this uh, part of the country and uh, especially around construction. Um, they just signed today uh, a CWA with Seattle school districts today to bring training to the high schools so those students that graduate uh, high school in this program and can, uh, pre-apprenticeship program, they can go right into the trades. And so it's an exciting time around That's an exciting program. Yeah, that's, that's what the community needs. That's what uh, people need. Uh, that opportunity to get just a little bit of a head start towards a good job. Congratulations on putting that together. Thank you, thank you. We want to continue to uh, to do this across the country, and then especially uh, in the state of Washington, expanding it from Seattle out to Kent and Federal Way and Auburn. So this is an opportune time as well with the light rail that's coming south and going north is, uh, yeah. to get on those light rail projects as well. Yeah, Mark, those, those uh, cities you mentioned are uh, surrounding suburb cities of Seattle, all within 25 or 30 miles. And with this gentrification, a lot of the black population, African-Americans, have been displaced and now live outside those areas. But one thing that I can say, and, and what I can say is that uh, for the first time in 52 years, we do not have an African-American or Seattle City Council. For the first time that in 52 fact, years. Really? Not one? Not one. And Not then, one. Uh, but if you go to Renton, there's one on, at Renton. We have uh, uh, folks on the city council in Kirkland. We have state representatives. Uh, and then we will have a black state representative because the two individuals in the finals for the 37th district where we used to live uh, will have the two blacks competing. So we will have that. But in Tacoma, How many now, black now members the of the uh, Washington le legislature. They, yes. Oh, yes. They're, yeah, they are. And then, but uh, in Tacoma, uh, the past two mayors have been African American females. Have had the current mayors, Victoria Woodards, and the yeah, we her, know uh, Victoria Mayor Woodards. Uh, yeah, she was an Urban League. league. She right. ran the Urban League. In uh, yeah, I yeah. talked to Mayor Woodards about three weeks ago. Yeah, well, great anyway, leader. I want to also let you know one of the founders of the Tacoma Urban League was funeralized a day, the first black mayor of Tacoma by the name of Harold Moss. And I he saw noting that in the paper. When was he mayor? Uh, in uh, nineteen, I think ninety-two or ninety-four. Okay. He was first, elect, first elected to the city council in seventy, and wow. then uh, and then Marilyn Strickland is now running for Congress. Uh, she was a former mayor of Tacoma, and, and the what's deputy mayor. Uh, I think they're pretty good. I, they're, I think they're pretty good. I think that with the way uh, 45 is acting, I think a lot of people who would be a little further to the right are saying, this man has lost his mind. I'm hoping that's what resonates. But the deputy mayor is also a young black man by the name of Keith Blocker in Tacoma. And we have uh, park commissioners over in Pierce County. Matter of fact, one of the park commissioners is Aaron Pointer, who's a former pro baseball player and is the brother of the Pointer sisters. Oh, wow. <laughs> So uh, the, a lot of things are happening, but, you know, we had that Fort Lewis, now it's Joint Lewis McCord, so a lot of folks came through there with the military. Uh, so that's how they got there. Like our former police chief was a, a, a former military person as well. Uh, she resigned in the middle of all the stuff that's been going on in the city of Seattle. Her name was Carmen Bess. Uh-huh. That is great. That is great. So, uh, you know, good luck to all who are running at the local level and I remind people all the time that 
local elections matter. City councils yeah. matter. Mayors matter. State legislators matter. If you have elected judges, they matter. DAs matter. Sheriffs matter. Constables matter. Uh, matter in a huge, huge way. So uh, we have to get out the vote for them, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Ms. Morrell, I'm just, I just want to commend you on, uh, from the preacher's standpoint, pastoring in Seattle as well, uh, the work that you're doing nationally. Um, and I uh, just want to commend you on that and, and continue to keep up the good good work that you do. Well, thank you. Um, that helps all the urban uh, around here. So I just wanted to yeah, share thank that. You. Look, I'm, I'm standing with you and, uh, you know, the pastors of America, uh, whose voice on morality and justice and faith is so important right now, so important. So I want to say thank you to you and thank you for those compliments. And I'm just working, you know. I hear you. My, my, my I hear you. mantra is we got to just keep working, keep digging, keep plowing, keep pushing, right, uh, every I, single day. That's, yeah. that's what we have to do, never give up, never give in. Things are too important. And, yeah. and continue yeah. to push and lift the people, and and we want, uh, you know, we want to encourage people. Uh, this is so consequential this election, uh, and then we got to continue to work. We can't vote and go to sleep, vote and take a seat yeah. in the stands, vote and yeah. go to the movies. We got to be in the game all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, very, very yeah. Yeah, that's what we say. We don't want to, we don't want to just be on the premise. We want to stand on the promise. There we you go. That's that's it. <laughs> all yes, right, sir. Hey, I appreciate you all. Hey, Eddie, yeah, we thank appreciate you, you for too. having me today. No, and thank you for, for having time for us. And uh, we'll 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 look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Okay, God bless you too, President right, CEO Morio. Thank, thank you very much for your time thank today. You. All right, good. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, I see we got Pastor Willis, hold on. We have, uh, Eric, do we have to take a break? Okay, we're going to take a break. Hold on, Pastor Willis, while after we take this break. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. 
Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. Back at Urban Forum Northwest with uh, Reverend uh, Lawrence Ricky Willis. Uh, before we go to Reverend Lawrence Willis, I want to say that uh, Urban Forum Northwest is supported by Sound Transit's Labor Relations and Civil Rights Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Office, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, Concourse Concession, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, and Stephanie Ogle does, Solstice Media does our technology. So uh, we got about a minute or so, uh, Pastor Willis, but uh, I want to thank you for sharing your time with uh, Mark Moriel. I thought that was very right on. And, uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, the Port of Seattle sponsored uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, boot camp. Uh, the pre-apprenticeship boot camp. So one by one minute, just tell us exactly what happened there. This is still ongoing and where it was located. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the project uh, location is the historical uh, uh, SVI building, uh, formerly SOIC, and now uh, going to be the, the uh, be, believe the, the McKinney uh, Center. And so that's where we are. We're located. This summer we did a class of about 30 uh, youth for the summer in which the uh, Port of Seattle was able to sponsor it. We were able to give uh, those students their 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 CPR, their flagging, and their OSHA certification, as and as well as training, basic training skills for, for construction to enter them into uh, the, uh, the apprenticeship trade. And so it went well. Uh, went really well, so we're running another class because that uh, ended in the summer, so we're running one more class uh, to get the same um, results on being able to get them out into the market uh, in construction, and also we've been able to pay them a salary as they're they're, uh, being trained, so we're able to give them a stipend of $15 an hour as well as giving them the training to uh, learn in construction, so it's a win-win, and we're building tiny houses for the homeless as we do that. So that's a little bit about how that program went, Eddie, and it's, uh, we want to continue it with funds to help our young people uh, here in the Seattle area and King County. Okay. Well, outstanding job, uh, uh, Reverend Willis, and uh, we'll be in touch real soon. And well, you thank just you mentioned all the work you're doing. A hundred percent retention and graduation. Congratulations. A hundred percent retention. Everybody okay, re- we're out of time. So I want to thank y'all. Thank our guests today. Uh, Clyde Merriweather, Sade Moore, uh, President and CEO of the National Urban League, Mark Oriel, and the president of the United Black Christian Clergy, and the main man in pre-apprenticeship construction, Reverend Ricky, uh, Lawrence Ricky Willis. So uh, I don't know how much time we have left, Terry. We'll talk to you again next Thursday.